Welcome to an original series, everyone, the podcast celebrating our favorite TV series behind the paywall. I'm one of your hosts, Patch, and with me celebrating the world of long-form storytelling is my friend, Adam Rakoff. Hey, Patch. Hey, man. It's so good to have you on the show, uh, our show. This is, you know, it's, it's weird. We've talked so much about um doing this and um and you've been on feeling film as a guest and so it'll be a weird transition to say yeah my co-host because yeah i know i'm no longer a guest yeah (laughs) so you have (laughs) you have a stake in this now and uh, I'm, i'm excited about this well we're excited to start this series if you don't know anything about it um this would have been the logical place to start but fortunately we have an episode zero that really kind of gives you a primer into understanding what we're going to be doing, what show types of shows we're going to be covering, why we're doing this. And um, so take a listen to that first, and that'll give you all the kind of details, the, the, the overall premise on how to experience this uh, like we do. And um, we wanted to start our first series uh, covering one of our favorite TV series from Apple TV, Ted Lasso. And uh, tonight kicks off our season one, episode one of Ted Lasso. So without further ado, we're going to get into it. Our spoiler-free or spoilerific discussion <laughs> starts now. <laughs> All right, man. So Ted Lasso, uh, fantastic series, um, fantastic cast. Everything is just really great about it. But I wanted to start our conversation by really asking you... What got you into a show about a guy coming over from America who knows nothing about soccer to coach a Premier League soccer team? Well, first of all, I'm not the biggest sports guy in the world to begin with and certainly not the biggest soccer fan. I mean, I, I played a little soccer when I was a kid, like a lot of kids did, but I, I don't follow soccer or football as they call it in most parts of the world. And so I probably am a little bit ball. It's futile. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a little like Ted Lasso in that respect. I don't know all the rules. I don't fully understand the sport, but I think this show, like a lot of great sports movies, and I'm a huge fan of sports movies because they're not necessarily about the game. They're about people. They're about the characters and uh, the human journey that they're going through. And that's what we're drawn into. Uh, some of my favorite movies are sports themed, like Field of Dreams. So I think this this series, Ted Lasso, um, is sort of masquerading as a sports comedy, dram- dramedy, if you will. But it's so much more. And normally I wouldn't in- be drawn to a show like this, I think. But it happens to star... <laughs> Jason Sudeikis, who is someone someone that I have been following for a long time, and in fact used to be somewhat friendly with in my really? early career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I <laughs> worked wow. for Apple, I, I used to work for Apple in marketing in the two thousands or the aughts, as they say. Uh, I left as the, the company kids say, the aughts. as the kids say. Yeah, <laughs> I left in two thousand ten, so it, it really was in in 
in the aughts. And during that period, my role, one of the uh, responsibilities I had was supporting various high-profile customers in the New York City area. And Mr. Sudeikis was one of those people, although at the time he was really just a writer and featured cast member on Saturday, Saturday Night Live. He wasn't really a household name in any respect at that point, but I did get to meet him and I had some phone conversations with him. We hung out a couple times, had lunch together. I actually would say that we were friendly and it was, he's a really good guy, really funny, nice genuine guy not too unlike the character that he's playing he's just a legitimately good person and i really uh enjoyed our uh the times that we spent together you know it wasn't that much time but the the experiences that we did have he was nice enough to invite my me and my now wife to uh, be his guests on a taping of snl at one point and he gave us front row seats right on the f- on the floor of the wow. of the studio and uh, that was a, a great experience so yeah we lost touch around 2010 after uh i left the company and started working more in film but um we you know emailed a couple times but uh, i haven't been in any kind of contact with him in probably over 10 years so uh but i've been following his career and rooting for him this whole time and i've seen all the movies that he's he's been in over the last decade and i'm so happy that he's having the success that he's having with this series because uh, i always i always knew that he was going to have something he just had to find that right that right project, right? That right character for his personality, because he's he's just got a very specific, unique sense of humor, and it was great to see. And actually, I never saw these until very recently. But he did these NBC sports promos uh, in 2013 and 2014, where he yep. first sort of created this Ted Lasso character. Now. If you go and watch them, and I recommend anyone that's a fan of the show, if you haven't seen them, go watch them. They're they're on YouTube. They're uh, I think if you just go to the NBC Sports YouTube channel, they're there. The first one is five, four minutes, and the second one is like six minutes. So they're real short, but they're actually really funny. And a lot of what the character becomes, is, you can see in these early promos. Although he is a little more of like a doofus, I'll have to say. <laughs> He's sort of a little more of a like caricature uh this this show i think makes him a more three-dimensional person that you can really root for and yes he doesn't know a lot about the sport but he he's someone that we can relate with we feel for him we feel we we hope that he'll succeed at this this task in front of him which is flying uh, across uh, the Atlantic to England to coach a a football team when he has no experience doing that. Well, he co- coaches American football in the U- in the U.S. At, at the college level, but it's uh, certainly not something he has any um any, any knowledge of. So yeah, it's it's really great uh, to see Jason uh, having such su- success with this series, and uh, this first episode does a great job of really setting up his character. Uh, and and uh, giving us a chance to to get to know not just who he is professionally, but who he is uh, uh, as a father and as a husband as well. 
Yeah, there's there's so much about this pilot episode that that I absolutely adore. And just to, to backtrack a little bit, um, I I did not know about the Premier League um, oh, shorts that at, that NBC had put together. And and I agree. If you love the show, watch these because they serve as a great kind of test bed for that kind of comedy. But it's almost like a like a trailer for this is what the show is like. And as as you know, as people who have watched the show or are watching it for the first time, anything in a what I would call on a premium channel or a premium streaming service, something you're paying for, you're going to have more creative liberty. You're going to have more liberty with the script. And so one of the things that it's important to know is that Ted Lasso is somewhat family friendly, but there are elements of it that can be a little bit like not necessarily for a younger crowd. Like the language is definitely on the, on the high end, but we don't have like, there's not a lot of violence. There's not a lot of gratuitousness. It's really just more about at, at the most, I think we just have a lot of salty language from that side of the pond. And, and if if that's not your cup of tea (laughs) to use a, a British phrase, um, then this probably won't be a show that you'll enjoy, but I would encourage those who may not have issue with that to give this a shot. And when I was first introduced to this, my buddy Aaron that I podcast with on Feeling Film, he gave it to me to say, hey, you need to check this out. This is the, I think we we both agreed it was the movie, or not the movie, it was the TV show that 2020 needed. Because a lot of people were watching Netflix. A lot of people were watching TV. Uh, when you're in lockdown, you don't have much to do besides eat and watch things. And for better or for worse, a lot of good came from that. <laughs> a lot of TV series were watched and Ted Lasso was one of those. And so when I was introduced to it, I had also begun getting into, at the time I was getting into soccer, my son, who's now nine at the time of this recording, he is, he plays soccer in the fall and the spring. I've become a coach for his age group. I also do a little bit of refereeing, which is a whole other side of me that sometimes I wonder why I do that, but <laughs> I digress. <laughs> and so I was really getting into the idea of, of soccer, of, of European football, uh, playing FIFA on my PlayStation. And so watching Ted Lasso or getting into Ted Lasso, I had some stake in the game. But more than anything else, it was, I think, what a lot of people were attracted to, which is this level of positivity, this level of optimism. And Jason Sudeikis, in embodying Ted Lasso as a character, I think really brings something to the table where you're like, wow, is this Pollyanna that we're watching with a mustache? Or is this something that we can really get behind? And uh, just for anyone listening, the way that we are going to approach this, obviously we're not going to be talking about the entire first season. We're going to be going through this episode by episode. And we have, in full disclosure, we have seen the first and second seasons uh, as they are both out as of this recording. But for the sake of the conversation, we're going to keep this sort of focused in on the episode itself, doing our best not to spoil anything coming up. And so that way, if you're watching this for the first time and enjoying the conversation with us, you don't have to feel like, oh my gosh, what if they say something that happens in, later in the series? We're going to do this our is best. Our, yeah, and this is our first rewatch, so it's been some time since either of us have revisited uh, these 
these original uh, season episodes. Yeah. So I, I will say, watching this multiple times, but in particular that first time, it gave me such a great feeling. I I enjoyed watching it. It's entertaining, but it made me feel good. And I think as a pilot episode specifically, I want to talk a little bit about this episode. This is always a challenge, right? When you have a new series, every first episode is always called pilot. <laughs> and so yeah. one of the games that I like to play when I try a new series is how does the pilot episode handle or do at setting up characters, at setting up the plot, at getting you involved where you want to keep going. Because the fact is, there are some series out there that will drop all their episodes at once. Cobra Kai is one of those. Mm -hmm. Then there are those like Ted Lasso, who if you're watching it in quote real time, each episode drops once a week. So Apple TV is notorious for this. So is Disney Plus to an extent where they try to keep that kind of weekly anticipation going, which I don't mind. Yeah. I think it's that's a whole other conversation we could have about binge watching versus week to week and the value of that. Uh, we're trying to capture that with the show is you know, right. giving you a little bit faster pace, but still not trying to go through an entire season in one episode. We really want to sit and enjoy each episode because I think that there's something really valuable about yeah. that. Uh, Friday Night Lights is a TV series I think hands down has the absolute best pilot episode in terms of hitting all those points. Character introduction, overall plot, what's happening, uh, music, everything just setting up what's going to happen in that first season. There's a big event that takes place that sort of starts the big plot of the first season. But of course, an ensemble cast, you're going to get a number of different subplots. Ted Lasso does something a little bit similar. It's a smaller cast, and it definitely focuses on Ted and his transition over to coaching FC Richmond. But Adam, I think as a pilot, the thing that it does best for me is it sets the tone. It yeah. gives you an idea of what kind of characters we're going to be working with that are so diverse in terms of their attitudes, in terms of how they bring um, their personality to the table. It also allows for us to understand the premise of why Ted's over there, being brought over by Rebecca, who is the new owner of FC Richmond, and she ultimately wants to sabotage this. So there's that initial conflict. And then what I think works best for me is you have... 28 to 29 minutes of this optimist, this always going to look at the bright side of life guy finally gets to his hotel who has been pretty much sleepless for what, 36 hours or however long he's been up. It's quiet. Yeah, he didn't sleep despite Coach Beard <laughs> imploring him to sleep on the plane. He did not get a single uh, wink of sleep on that flight. And then he's like, quickly uh picked up by a car and and taken all over town and he never mm -hmm. gets a break yeah yeah and the the show ends the episode ends with him having taken a shower and you have him 
on a phone and you hear his side of a conversation with his son. And these were hinted at early. You know, you, you realize, you find out that when he looks at his phone, he's obviously got a wife and a kid. And, right. oh, wow, so he's going over to England. So, well, that's weird. You know, why is he, why are they not with him? And then he has this conversation at the very end. And it's that moment that you realize, oh, there's some things happening in his relationship with his wife. And there's a small point point that I think is so gentle and perfect where he starts panicking a little bit. You see a little bit of vulnerability and he says, Hey, 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 hey I love you. And then you see him kind of panic a little bit more. He says, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And you realize, wow, something's really going on. And then the episode ends with him <laughs> lying in bed saying, now I can't sleep. And then of course yeah. the episode ends. I just think that when you have a bookend like that or of a guy who you are falling in love with because he's so positive, because he's got these great little American one-liners, and then you see this touch of vulnerability, I think that's where the biggest challenge for the show was going to be. Because as you mentioned, the whole premise of Ted Lasso came from a five-minute sketch that was all about comedy. How do you round that out? And I think yeah. that's a testament to Goldstein as a writer, to Sudeikis as a showrunner. <laughs> I think that's a testament to the whole team of writers and showrunners to bring up this, to take this premise and to expand it in a way that makes sense. Because you can't, you can only take comedy so far. You have to be able to provide some opportunities for for growth in right. that regard. So yeah, definitely. And that it, it becomes then like just a fish out of water comedy where it's really like a one joke. Oh, he's an American in England. Ha ha! Comedy ensues, right? So that can only take you so far for those five minute promos it works great because it's just like a montage of funny little moments where he's says all the wrong things right and they actually took if you watch those they took some of the best jokes from those promos and incorporated them into this pilot episode so all a lot of the the comedy does come over but as you said this is where we start to see that three-dimensional version of Ted where we see, oh, he's a human being. He may be this optimist, this this um, this guy, nice guy that just has the ability to see the good in, in everybody, to, to, to face problems uh, with a positive attitude, but he's also dealing with his own sort of inner demons and his, his own personal crisis that he's He's been he's managed to sort of, you know, bury beneath the surface um, while he's working when he's around other people. And clearly nobody else knows about this. Maybe Coach Beard. We don't really know yet how much he knows. They're clearly friends and uh, they've been working together for a number of years as uh, his assistant coach, I guess. And it's interesting, too, because when we first meet the two of them on the the plane uh you get to see what they're both reading right you see that uh coach beard is reading a soccer book a book about strategy on soccer and ted lasso is reading 
uh, a book by Jack Kerouac. <laughs> so that <laughs> says something about yeah. his character, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's clearly not concerned about the specifics of the game. That's not his coaching style. That's not what he believes will get them where they need to go as as a team or where he needs to go as a coach. He's He thinks more about, he has this kind of more holistic approach to if we're all working together and we're all on the same page, winning will be a perhaps side effect of of that right and but it's not the ultimate goal it's not win by any means necessary it's the Mm -hmm. the the winning comes uh as a result of of everybody working together yeah i I look at i look at lasso and beard's relationship in this first episode and what it sets up is such a great dichotomy between the two of them not necessarily conflict but you see from that little small moment that they're both mentally focused on different things. Right. And I, I don't doubt that Ted Lasso likes the idea of winning, but obviously the episode kind of sets up this optimism that he's like, I just want to success looks different to him or it right. looks in a way that whereas beard is, is really all business. He's all about, yeah. and, and that, and that comes out in the episode where he's explaining to Lasso instead of saying, out of bounds, it's into touch. And so he's soaking up all the all the X's and O's, if you will, of what it's like to be on the pitch. And I think that's such a great relationship between a coach and an assistant. I, having never been on a staff like that, I would imagine that that's kind of the idea between uh, behind a head coach and his staff where he ultimately is making the decisions. He sees things kind of holistically at a higher level. And the first episode kind of paints that picture visually where he's looking out over the pitch and he sees all of the the players and he's pointing to certain ones. And so he's asking Nathan, uh, Nate, Nate the Great, as he says, yeah. <laughs> uh, who is that? But even Coach Beard has some working knowledge of, of Roy Kent, knows his history with uh, winning a championship with Chelsea eight years prior. So this first episode, particularly with those two, is really interesting because you're kind of getting used to the fact that you don't expect Ted to know everything and you kind of expect Beard to sort of hold on to the the concrete X's and O's and that's what makes their team successful. But what I found was interesting in this first episode was that conversation in the plane where Ted, and it's even coming down to how he positions himself in the seat. Like he looks like a little kid yeah, he leans turns over, backwards. Yeah, turns backwards uh, in in the plane, and he's excited about talking to Coach Beard. And he says, "Are we crazy for doing this?" He goes, "Yeah, we're crazy." But that moment tells me that Coach Beard is like, "Yeah, I I trust who you are, Ted." Right. You've apparently had success, whatever that looks like, with the with the Shockers with Wichita State, who I don't yeah. think they actually have a football team. I think that's really funny too. <laughs> but it's it really does kind of solidify what we understand about their relationship. Like what's that anchored in? And we know that they're friends. We know that they trust each other. There's this great moment when they get into their office finally and their desks are facing the opposite way from each other. And they look at each other and they kind of nod and they put their desks together because they function together. They're not two coaches 
that are doing different things. They're a cohesive unit. And I wanted to really kind of comment on that as as a technical aspect of this episode. The rhythm of the show is amazing. The way in which the scenes are shot, it's very tight, cohesive. When you get into the moment where Rebecca's talking to Ted and she tells him, you'll want to meet, you'll, you'll have to meet the press. And he goes, yep, give me a couple of days. She goes, oh no, you have to do it right now. And then boom, now we're in this loud press room. It, the whole episode feels like it's a whirlwind, which is what we're supposed to feel with Ted and how he's sort of getting thrown into all of this. And of course that scene culminates with him just getting overwhelmed and spitting uh, fizzy water, as he calls it, all over these cell phones from all these reporters. And there's so much great comedy in there that you're laughing, but at the same time you're like, wow, this feels overwhelming. And I think that that's such a strong component of this first episode that it creates this really, really fantastic rhythm of speed, of craziness. And it's not until we get to the end of the episode that we have a chance to breathe with Ted and we get to that moment that I mentioned earlier where we're like, oh, we're sighing with him. We're like, oh, that's yeah. why he's here. So I think there's there's a lot to be said about the way in which the, the episode is structured. And I'm hoping that we're getting more of that in terms of using the scenes and using the rhythm of the scenes to set the tone for what the scenes are are uh, are trying to articulate. Yeah. And it's basically one day in the life of Ted Lasso, if you think about it. I mean, other than the opening scene where you see Rebecca kind of taking pictures off the wall in her office, which was formerly her husband's office, it it then kind of cuts to the airplane. Ted comes out of uh, the lavatory and, uh, and that's the beginning of the day, right? That's the beginning of this first day uh, as a coach um, heading to Lon- heading to, to England. And it ends, as you said, with him in bed trying to fall asleep. So that's, I think, why the pacing works so well, is it's not taking place over a couple different days. It's not cutting around between different characters, different different um, um, sort of story threads. It's just we're following Ted in this first day, this whirlwind day, when he's sleep-deprived and he's completely out of water, you know, in terms of what where he is. He doesn't know anything about the sport. He doesn't know anything about England. He really is just learning as he goes. And it's it's great. And I think going back to what you said before with the Coach Lasso and Coach Beard, how they work together, they're kind of two halves of one brain in, in a way. And I think that it's also interesting how they're so different personality-wise because Ted, of course, loves to talk (laughs) he loves to hear himself speak and has always has like the perfect uh tedism if you will to say about any situation whereas beard is like a man of few words like it's often one word right it's like yeah one word response but he had but the it's the answer that that Mm -hmm. ted needs he has the answer whether it's one word or two words he knows what he needs to say and that's all he offers he's just sort of like this this gentle quiet guy that just stands mm-hmm. next to Ted loyal and he's ready to go if, if Ted needs him or needs information and he knows the information that Ted doesn't know yeah. and I just it's really it, like you said in this very first pilot episode they did a tremendous job of 
of just establishing that relationship by in, in, you know by itself that's a great op- um you know great start for the series mm-hmm. but we also get get a great uh introduction to Rebecca's character who even yes. though this is a, this show is Ted Lasso it's about Ted Lasso but mm-hmm. Rebecca Welton I think is almost the other main character especially in this pilot because mm-hmm. in you know script writing 101 you 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 learn that the first char- character you see is generally going to be the main character and she's the first one we see in this series she's the the very first primary character that we're introduced to and and we we really do get to know her in this episode we get to know a lot about her 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 past her motivations for why she's doing what she's doing and she's not just some you know evil um antagonist either like she's uh, her her intentions are are to basically get back at her ex-husband who cheated on on her uh multiple times we're we're led to believe and he in their divorce divorce settlement somehow lost the 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 club to her she was yeah. given that as sort of um compensation i don't know for for his actions and and she knows that this club this is the most important thing and always has been to him in his life um the that afc richmond and being a winning team is the most important thing. So for her, her motivation is basically let's get somebody over here. To, uh, he well in the opening scene, first of all, she fires the the current um, manager, manager coach, yeah, yeah who has yeah, like the shortest shorts <laughs> in the world. <laughs> and, you can, short enough that you can see his left testicle, and then his left exactly, like, yeah. <laughs> There's the other and, one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Change the dialogue. <laughs> That was a great scene, and and the, and so she fires him, and obviously brings Ted over with the intention of essentially sabotaging uh, the team so that it will lose, thinking that with a coach from America uh, who knows nothing about soccer, that clearly this is uh, going to be the way to uh, to get. Uh, the the team to lose uh, repeatedly, and whether that will work, we'll have to find out <laughs> in future episodes. So yeah, what I wanted to do was to talk a little bit about that premise with Rebecca, who is doing what she's doing, and it's reminiscent of Major League, where the owner is basically taking the team and building it for failure, so that she can move the team to a different city. Rebecca obviously has a different motive. She just wants to burn it to the ground because of her relationship with her ex-husband, Rupert. And when I'm I'm watching this, I really have some sympathy for her. And I think it's because of the effective way that we see why she's doing what she's doing, that it's not really for selfish reasons per se. Yes, yeah, she's bitter. She's upset. This is her way of grieving, getting back, revenge. I mean, those are definitely factors. But she wants and comes from a place where she has to find a way to make herself happy again. And it's a great contrast because we're falling in love with Ted Lasso. And then we find out sort of midway through the episode that these are her real motives, that she doesn't really believe in Ted. But the fact is we want to believe that his optimism will overcome anything. And, and that's what I see sort of setting up the season is not that FC Richmond's going to win every match, 
but that Ted Lasso is going to win over everybody. And how right. he does that is going to be a fun journey. You know, the, the supporting cast, we don't get a chance to see a lot of the depth of some of these characters. We get this great introduction to Nate the Great and how Ted just befriends him very quickly and how that just overwhelms him. I think that's pretty fantastic. Great moment where he makes this incredible sports drink. And as you mentioned with Coach Beard, <laughs> he, he even mentions he's a man of few words, but you know, you just want, you know, you made Coach Beard speechless. You know, he's over there swishing it yeah. like he's drinking a glass of wine. And he goes, yeah. you know, give his little like, yep, that's good. Um, but even even Higgins, I, I think Higgins is gonna be a lot of fun because he's got conflict. And yeah. you find out just from these small pockets of conversations that Rebecca is keeping him around a sort of blackmail because he apparently didn't have a problem with hiding and bringing in these girls that Rupert was having an affair with. So Higgins clearly has some things going on. We get, um, you know, Roy Kent and, and Jamie Tart, uh, at the beginning stages of like, who are these guys and what are they yeah. going to be like? Yeah. But I, I think there's this really interesting kind of threshold of, of airtime or at least um, spotlight for these characters, Ted right. and coach Rebecca Higgins, and then just these smaller characters that you get introduced to. And even Keeley, you get, yes. you get a great scene with, with Ted and Keeley, which I think really says a lot about her character mm -hmm. and, and him. Uh, it's when, of course, he's, he's hanging the, uh, the believe sign above the, the doorway to his office yeah. in the locker room and and she of course is like oh it's a little crooked and tries to help him <laughs> but she sort of in a very humorous way uh offers to assist and makes it more crooked which i think is so perfect yeah. that it's just like even more at at, at a bad angle of, mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter because that's what's great about ted is that it's not about the sign being perfect. It's not about it being straight. Mm -hmm. It's just about what the sign says, yeah, right? What it means and what it believe yeah. what it means and to him and what he hopes it will mean to everybody else on the team eventually. And and like you said, everyone that he encounters, except for Coach Beard, for the most part, is kind of rooting against him as soon as he lands. I mean, whether it's Rebecca, as we mentioned, or the, the, the players, the press in that great press uh, room scene, <laughs> Trent or the fans. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Trent. Yeah. I mean, that's another great character that we get a great short introduction to, but we can just tell this is going to be uh, a great adversary uh, foil for, for, uh, for Ted uh, in the, in, in sort of representing the press, right? Because he's going to be that, 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 character that he has to interface with going forward and he's going to have to win him over as well and the fans who we do get a brief introduction to at one of the pubs we see them watching the yeah <laughs> so they got so much in this first episode and got it so right and that's not an easy thing to do in a less than 30 minute uh, pilot episode and if you think about all the show shows out there that really succeed and end up being some of the best shows in television history and you go back and you watch as you said those pilot episodes they work in the pilot like they got the characters down it didn't take a season to figure out the characters it didn't take a couple episodes like they're they're there the actors know the characters the writers know the characters and they have it figured out even though they're they're only shooting the first episode. And I think that comes through 
in in this pilot as well. Yeah, and it's it's amazing that Ted and his positivity, it he it, he has to, and his personality really has to win over all those people. Maybe the only person that he's already won over is Nate Nathan Nate the Great. He seems like he's already kind of on on Ted's side for for the mere fact that. He asked his name <laughs> because apparently he and remembered is, it and remembered uh, it. Yeah. And remembered it because he's sort of invisible to everybody else. He's as the kind of uh, kit boy. Kit, what, kit is man. that what they call he's him? Kit man. Kit man. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a boy, but um, <laughs> he, yeah, I mean, he's clearly and he gives him a ride home at the end. So clearly he's made one friend, right? One one ally. Uh, on the ground but you know he's sort of an outsider too and that makes sense right he's clearly he doesn't feel like he's really nate that is doesn't feel like he's really part of the team he's just there to do a job but yet he cares you can tell deeply and passionately about the game and about the team and and about the grounds in that great scene where he's like running from the other side of the of the grass yelling for them to get off the grass because it's so important to maintain uh the field to him right so there's so much is worked in and when you kind of break it down like this you realize just what a, a tremendous effort this was both from a technical standpoint but also from these these performers they got the casting right and and those actors just nail it uh, on the first try really yeah i think what makes this pilot work so well is all that you just said and the fact that they get so much in but it doesn't feel wasted we get enough that we're sat we're anchored into our two main characters that would be ted and rebecca i think they're gonna be the the two kind of king and queen of the of the series they're going to be the ones that that's where the main conflict is that we see and then you have this other the rest of the chessboard that's going to be moving around and i think that's the beauty of an ensemble cast is you have this opportunity to highlight moments you have an opportunity to have a potential episode about higgins or about uh, nate or about beard and these are things that you could choose to have or not. It doesn't really matter. West Wing is one of those great ensemble TV series that I fell in love with, not only because Aaron Sorkin's a fantastic writer, but because of the fact that in its original premise, the president of the United States, you know, the series centers around the the behind the scenes look of the the Oval Office and all the staff. Well, the original premise didn't usually didn't include having Martin Sheen as the president as a main cast member. He was going to be tertiary. So you had really the focus was going to be on Sam and and uh, CJ and and all these other characters that we end up falling in love with. But of course, Martin Sheen just kills it and Sorkin writes him in as a main cast member. He's just part of that ensemble. But it's never about him. It's never about Sam Seaborn. It's never about... Um, Josh Lyman. It's about all those guys. And I think Ted Lasso is in this first episode, it is about Ted. It's about Rebecca. It could be about these other characters because they have the potential to shine. And the idea of 
a writing staff that says, do we have room to let that happen? I, I think that there's that opportunity that's available for them to be able to, to shine because the characters can be interesting. I mean, we have pockets of fun with each one of these. I think Roy Kent as a character is such great potential. Um, Brett Goldstein, I think I remember reading that he wanted that act. He wanted that character. And so I don't know if he wrote that character, but he auditioned for it because he wanted to play the part of Roy Kent. And, you know, if you read the news about the series, he has become a, a character, a fan favorite. And right. this pilot yeah. episode, he doesn't, <laughs> he's so unassuming, but he's so brash and so just quietly in your face. And there's this moment where he's talking to Ted and, Ted is trying to get on his good side. He's like, man, I, I love the fact you, you, you're a great player. And he goes, thanks. I appreciate that. And I go, I think I forget the line, but it was essentially like, and I'm so looking forward to finishing my career with like Fred Rogers or something like that. Some, some, <laughs> some nonsense. And you could just tell that, you know, he's been ridden hard and, and hung up wet or whatever the phrase is. And so I'm interested to see, uh, what his character does to evolve. So there's a lot of potential yeah. for these characters to evolve and, you know, who do they spend time with? But we know we've got Ted and Rebecca. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think for me, if I'm, if I'm looking ahead at the, the next several episodes, obviously the big conflict is how does, how does that ultimately resolve between Rebecca and her motives? And when, when will, when will that come out? Because it's going to come out. But the other thing, yeah. I'm, I think the bigger picture is, as you mentioned, you have all of these different types of people that are set up to be against Ted and his his approach, his optimism. How does he overcome that? Will there be people that he will just not win over? Will there be people that surprise us who he wins over, and people that surprise us that he doesn't? And um, you know, where does that where does that leave him? Uh, you know, he's got his own issues with his wife. And their uh, their kind of rocky relationship. How does that play into it? So I'm looking right. forward to that, and I think that's what makes the pilot so effective. Is that it leaves me asking all those questions, and so even if you only answered one of those questions, it would be enough to get me to continue to watch the series. But I'm glad that we don't have just one, and I think that's again an effective. Uh, component of writing for an ensemble cast is you have all these different things that could be interconnected, but they don't have to be. So, um, you know, if I can get more Trent Crim's hair, that's a win for me. <laughs> I think he's, he, yeah. he wins for best hair on the show by far right now. So I'm and Ted you. loves his glasses too. Ted loves his glasses. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so what about, and you know, an another highlight for me just in this episode and in all of them are, as I mentioned earlier, the sort of Ted-isms, the kind of uh, phrases that he he just kind of pulls out. I, I, I don't know if he just memorizes these and then waits for just the opportune moment to sort of pull it out. I could never speak this way. He has this very this great kind of folksy uh, middle American way of, of just of, of talking and uh, and, and it's interesting because Jason Sudeikis is from he was born in Virginia, but he 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 grew up in Kansas. So this is this he's not playing somebody too far removed from from 
who he was growing up. And other another fun fact, I don't know if you know this, but do you know who Jason Sudeikis's uncle is in I, real life? I don't. <laughs> I don't. It's George Went. Uh, Are you serious? Norm Peterson himself from Norm. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's his his maternal uncle. That's hilarious. So, uh, yeah. And I think there's uh, uh, an Easter egg for that coming up in a in a future episode. We'll have to discuss. I'll, I'll see if you can spot it. Um, okay. Okay. In, in a future episode. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, he just has these great sayings and phrases, and just uh, one of the first ones he says on the plane to Coach Beard, which I love, is he says, "Taking on a challenge is a lot like riding a horse." If you're comfortable while you're doing it, you're probably doing it wrong. <laughs> but are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, if, I'm, if I'm uncomfortable riding a horse, I probably don't want to do I it. I know. <laughs> I know. Like, and I guess he's saying it is, un- it will be uncomfortable the first time because you don't know how, like, you, you know, how you have to, like, move up and down with the horse and all that. But, um, yeah, he just has so many fun. A couple others I, I really enjoyed uh, the scene where Rebecca offers him tea uh i know we talked about yes, this offline so but good. uh she she says how do you take your tea and he says well usually i take it right back to the counter because someone's made a horrible mistake <laughs> and then he and then uh, yeah he sips it yeah he sips it and, and like, he's like yeah. you know he's like you know i've always figured tea was just gonna taste like hot brown water and you know what i was right yeah it's horrible no thank you <laughs> but what i love about that just, is that he's honest but he's courteous. Yes. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't yes. spit it out and say, "Ugh." He's like, "Yep, that's terrible. No thanks." And then he just yep. hands it back. And like, okay. He he's he doesn't feel any any reason to sort of fake it. He just this is who I am, like it or not, right? And I think that's there's a that's a really charming quality, and you can't dislike that kind of person because they they're genuine, right? No matter what you think of them they are who they are and that's a, a good trait i think so it's oh and then you brought this one up when rebecca says do you believe in ghosts Ted? and he says <laughs> i do he goes i do but more importantly i think they need to believe in themselves you know <laughs> of course you do ted because that's who you are and i think that's what makes it so good is it's not just a hilarious yeah. line but it's like yep ted lasso would say that because yeah. you know he's, exactly. he's like cool yeah i'll do that yeah, that makes sense <laughs> They're just, uh, I love these, uh, I don't know if anyone else calls them Ted-isms, but I just, I, I think they're great. And I know people, I have a friend from Virginia who talks like this. He, 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 not, he doesn't say these specific things, but he has sort of a fun um, phrase for all different situations. And they're usually funny and sometimes off color, you know, but it's, uh, it just they some some people know how to pull these things out at just the right time and it sounds like sometimes you have to think about it and you're like what what does that even mean like the one that i didn't get i totally uh um i still right now like i, I maybe you can explain it to me um he says uh ted says that fella looked like a kitty cat when it gets spooked by a cucumber like what is that even do you have any idea what that means are cats scared of cucumbers so that's not a phrase that I'm familiar with, but it does sound very much Southern. And I think that's what sells Ted Lasso as a character, because while I've never heard that phrase living in the South, it's not something that's necessarily not Southern. And Jason Sudeikis's Midwestern accent, I think, amplifies that to where there's a real sense of charm that he brings with 
the lines that he says. Like, I think if he did, if he had said those things that you and I just mentioned, as we quoted with some, you know, let's say from New York or maybe from, from Boston, I don't know that they would have the same kind of flavor, right. the same kind of charm that someone's from, from Kansas or from, from the South. So I think I that there's. Or, or if an actor not originally from Kansas was trying to do right. uh, that accent, I think it would be, it would come mm -hmm. across very differently. And because he is from there and yes, I mean, he's lived in New York, he's lived in Chicago when he was doing second city, all of that. And in, in LA, but he, you know, his family and his upbringing was from there. So you can, so he's doing a very authentic accent based on his own personal life and experiences. And I think that's uh, cause he doesn't really have that accent much anymore in interviews if you listen to him but he can pull it out you know like a lot of people they can they can find it from within them if they had it at one point earlier in their life i think we can both say that ted lasso as a as a character is going to be tops for us but i'll be interested to see who kind of bubbles up to the top in terms of supporting cast that was like a a real surprise for us so i'm i'm looking forward to that me too yeah i trent Krim is uh is my favorite <laughs> just based on that one scene I, I i really i took a liking to him it's his hair man it's the yeah. hair is what does it yeah <laughs> at least that does it for me yeah yeah and that and and just his very just his delivery of his lines it's it, he does a i'm not sure who that that actor is but he does a great job yes he does looking forward to him and all the rest of the uh, supporting cast and really seeing how Ted navigates these waters of hostility. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Adam, do you have anything else you want to add before we wrap this one up? No, uh, I, I'm excited to, uh, to dig into episode two, uh, which is entitled Biscuits. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's that about? What's that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Is, it, is, that a, is that a secret code word? <laughs> we'll find out. We'll be back uh, same, I guess, AOS time, same AOS channel here on an original series. We're glad that you guys joined us for this conversation and we'll see you next time. <laughs>